Hello, my friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me again this week. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to any new listeners that we have this week. And if you're not new, thank you for tuning in once again. So this week, we are kind of changing up the conversation a bit. We have never chatted about money mindset on the show before, and we are like 56 episodes deep. So I thought it was time to welcome one of my very good friends on the show, Mandy Thomas. She is a money coach and a cash flow expert. So actually, Mandy and I connected through our similar experience. We both went to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and studied holistic nutrition there. So that's how Mandy and I connected. And what led Mandy to start studying holistic nutrition was her digestive issues. She had these digestive issues that she just couldn't seem to really overcome and work out. But as she shares in today's episode, all of her digestive issues, binge eating, brain fog, all of those things that she was dealing with when her and I first met each other, it was all related back to the mindset she had around money, which is very fascinating. And I really don't think any money coach or, you know, money mindset expert out there is really talking about finances and money mindset in this way and how a poor money mindset can actually wreak havoc on your health and manifest in ways like digestive issues and binge eating and brain fog and anxiety like Mandy was experiencing. So at the beginning of the show, Mandy does refer to herself as being like a personal trainer for your bank account. But how I see Mandy is really like a holistic healthcare practitioner or a holistic nutritionist for your bank account. She really takes a holistic approach to managing your financial situation. And I was texting Mandy as I was getting this episode ready because we pre-recorded this episode And I was texting her as I was getting the show ready for you today, and I just told her that I feel like it's the perfect timing for this topic because tax season. I know I have so many girls texting me questions about taxes as like small business owners, things like that. So I know taxes, it's tax season, right? So that's money mindset is on so many women's minds lately. So I just thought this was perfect timing to air Mandy's 
episode with me and it is such a great episode you guys you are going to love it but before I swap over to our interview together I do have some updates for you guys so if you'll give me a few minutes of your time I have some exciting things to share with you so first up if you follow me on Instagram you'll know some exciting changes already. If you don't have Instagram or maybe you've taken some time off Instagram and you're not really up to date on what's happening over on Instagram, I have announced some things. So number one, last week I wrote probably one of my most vulnerable posts of all time. And I feel like with writing such a vulnerable post, I feel like I really do owe you guys like a solo episode explaining more about this. So who knows? Maybe next week you'll get a solo episode from me. Who knows? Um, if you send me some questions, I can record a solo episode and go into more detail about what I'm just going to say. But essentially, on Instagram last week, I shared that I'm just kind of like over talking about food. I'm over it. Um, I'm on to bigger and better things. I feel like I'm being called to help women in other ways above and beyond food. Food has always been a really focal point in my life, you could say. You know, I struggled with my relationship with food for so many years, and then I went and studied nutrition so I could help other women see food in a new way, see it as a way to nourish your body and not have such a messed up relationship with food. And although I'm still I'm always, food's always going to be a part of my life, right? I, one of my biggest self-care, self-love practices is going in the kitchen, blasting some music, and creating delicious food. So that's one of my absolute favorite things to do. And with that, I also love sharing the recipes that I create. So I'm always going to be doing that. So again, like, I'm still going to be sharing recipes on my blog and things like that, but I'm just over like really focusing on food. So having said that, I'm no longer going to be accepting nutrition clients. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. I'm just over um, being that nutritionist. And I really want to serve women in a better way. I want to show you how to really feel powerful within your own life and not be like relying on me as a nutritionist to like figure out a bunch of things for you because you're not broken. So I hope that's making sense. (laughs) And like I said, maybe next week I can go into more detail, but essentially that's what I wrote on Instagram and then I announced something. I changed my handle from Meg the RHN to I am Meg Doll. So if you want to find me on Instagram or if you are making a recipe of mine or if you listen to a podcast episode and you're going to tag me, remember I'm no longer Meg the RHN. I am now I am 
Meg Doll. So even if you type in Meg Doll, I should pop up on Instagram, but I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. And then finally, if you subscribe to my newsletter, which thank you for subscribing, that is the best way to keep in touch with anyone that you follow online is their newsletter. Because guys, let's face it, Instagram probably isn't going to be around forever. So newsletter, that's the best way to always keep in touch with me. Like what if Instagram just went goodbye in a couple hours? would you be able to connect with me and stay in touch with me after that? So if you truly love the content that someone is putting out online, be sure to subscribe to their newsletter. So having said that, sorry, that was like side tangent, but having said that, if you do subscribe to my newsletter, you'll already know this big news, but I wanted to share it on the podcast before I share it anywhere else because those of you who tune into my show, you know how much I love you. So the people on Instagram don't even know this yet. The people on Facebook don't even know this yet. I haven't announced this anywhere else other than my newsletter, but I'm sharing it with you now. Doors for my Unbreakable Babe course are opening on Monday. So I am opening up enrollment once again for Unbreakable Babe. This is my signature program that I launched last year. We ran it last year. It was a huge success. Over 30 women were in this program. It was incredible, you guys. It was absolutely amazing. It was a game changer for me, and it was just amazing to see all of these other women go through this program. The program's like my baby, obviously. If any of you listening have created programs before, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I love this program. I'm so proud of it. And for those of you who don't know or aren't familiar with Unbreakable Babe, it is my six-week group coaching program. And it is, it's a program that guides you through my self-love framework. So I really start at the base of self-love and we just grow from that and Essentially, what we're doing together is cultivating self-love within your own life. And I'm giving you all my best tools that have got me to where I am today. So you'll walk away from this program feeling like the unbreakable babe. You already are. You just need to tap into that, girlfriend. So that's what the program is all about. Enrollment opens Monday. You can go to megtherhn.com slash unbreakablebabe to read more. So yes, my Instagram handle has changed from megtherhn to iammegdoll, but my website is still megtherhn.com. So... We're working on things, guys. (laughs) It's a slow progress. Um, Like I said, we're working, but on to bigger and better things. I'm so excited to share things with you, but this is my second big announcement is Unbreakable Babe is launching once again 
on Monday. So I'm super excited. But before we cut to the interview with Mandy, I do want you to know that things are going to be different this time around. Last year when I opened the program, like I said, we had over 30 women join us. This time I'm opening only five spots. So there's only going to be five spots opening for women who want to really start diving into self-love and really make 2019 their year of loving themselves and feeling unbreakable, mind, body, soul, mentally, emotionally, everything. So I want to give five women those tools. So I'm super excited. Big launch on Monday. Stay tuned for that. Let's get to the show, ladies. All right, Mandy, welcome to the show. I am so beyond excited to have you with me today. Like I said before I hit record, I'm like, it's like my sister is on this show. You and I are great friends, and I'm just honored to have you on today. Thank you so much, Meg, for having me. And you really are my soul sister. So I cannot wait to chat with you. Soul sisters who haven't caught up in far too long. So this is kind of like our excuse. But anyways, I just want everyone to know who you are and learn from you. We already know what we're going to talk about today, your specialty, and that is like money, money mindset, and really being confident with your financial situation. And as I was sharing with you before we started recording, that's really what I want to do with every single episode of this show is provide something to my listeners that allow them to become even more unbreakable. And the knowledge that you share with your audience definitely aligns with my goals for this show. So I'm so excited for you to just educate us and enlighten us. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Do you want me to start by sharing my story? I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone and yeah, share your story with us. Sure. So I'm Mandy Thomas and I'm an online financial coach. And so basically I'm a personal trainer, but for your money. So I help people who make good money, but they don't know where it goes to create a plan to keep more of that money, to get clarity with their finances and to make progress on achieving their goals and to really end the anxiety that they have around money. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm, I, what I do is very different than them. I don't sell insurances or investments. I walk you through the step-by-step process to really completely change your financial situation and to end the money struggles that you've been having. So how I got into this was I never thought that this was going to be something that I would do. Um, definitely fell into this by accident for the most part. Growing up, we didn't really have a lot. There was a lot of scarcity around money, and I knew every time I had to ask for money for something for school, I always felt really terrible asking my parents, and like it was a burden, and I remember walking around my room, practicing what I was going to say to try and say it in the best way to reduce the stress for my parents, and I didn't know that I had anxiety growing up or that I had anxiety around money. I did not know that until my 20s, but looking back now, it is so completely clear to me, so 
I knew from a very young age that I had to be the person in charge of my financial situation. So I became a money nerd. Basically, since I was a kid, I dove into everything I could learn about it, how to manage it really well. And I gained incredible skills on managing money. I was really, really good at it. I graduated, went to school for power engineering because growing up, I always heard, you know, you need to have a good job. You need to make good money. So I was a power engineer. I really did enjoy what I did. And I was making six figures. I didn't have any debt. I was managing it really well. And I was in my early 20s. And this was the point and actually my highest anxiety around money, which I know a lot of people just think if they earn more, that all of their money problems will be solved. Yes. But for me, I was, even though I was doing really, really well, I was living in the mindset of like when we were seven years old and you know, worrying about having food and like the basic necessities. I was just so worried about living that life again, losing my money, losing my job, different things like that. But because that wasn't my actual situation, I was too scared to tell anyone to open up because I was scared of what people would say to me. I was scared, you know, that my family or those closest to me would say, you are crazy because we wish we had your problems. We wish that your situation was our situation. So I just didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I really kept it in. And it was an extreme amount of stress. So for me, what happened was it started to really come out as anxiety. Um, the anxiety led to really bad adrenal fatigue because I was just so stressed. And I basically just, my body was on running on fumes for so very long that eventually it just my body couldn't really support me anymore. Uh, my digestive system I had, as you know, I had a lot of digestive issues, um, so many different digestive problems. And so then I began a health journey to start to really figure out what was going wrong because I thought it was something external. I thought that there was this thing that was happening to me and I just needed to someone to fix me. Like I needed to just figure out what this one variable was and then everything would be better. And of course I learned that there were so many pieces to the puzzle. I did improve my health a lot. I worked with a ton of alternative healthcare practitioners because I wasn't getting any help from conventional doctors. So I made really big improvements, but I still kept hitting this plateau. And for me, it was realizing when I went to school, I went back to school actually for holistic nutrition because I thought that's what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to help people with what I had improved upon. And when I was away at school, everything all of a sudden just went boom. Everything clicked. Everything came full circle for me when we took the mind-body connection and learning how, you know, the stresses in your life, how you're feeling, your thoughts, how that actually affects your mental and physical health. And I went, oh my gosh, these feelings that I have around money, around scarcity and around just constantly worrying about money. This is what led me here. Like this is what led to my health problems, you know, my anxiety, my anxiety, which led to binge eating, my digestive issues, my brain fog, everything like that. And so going from that plateau to where I am at now, it took me really working on my mindset around money and really working on is this really the situation I'm in? Or was that the situation I was in as a kid and recognizing the difference and really just feeling abundant and not worrying about money all of the time. And when I went through that journey myself and was able to make a complete, I completely regained my health. And to let you guys know some context, I had no idea if I would ever overcome binge eating. It was, it was such a dark time in my life. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was trying so much, but I wasn't really moving um, towards actually overcoming that. And I didn't know if 
I would be able to live a life without anxiety. And um, for me, it was having a panic attack. That was my turning point, realizing I never wanted to feel so out of control. And so for me, and then also the brain fog was really, really bad. I was 25 years old and I was very competent at my work, but then all of a sudden these tasks that used to be easy were now difficult for me to do. So I had two notebooks that I carried one in each of my pockets in my coveralls. And I started writing down how to do these tasks that I would, I would be thinking about it. And you know how when you think about something and then the thought comes to you, it was, I would think, and then it was literally like there was a blank wall. Like everything was all of this open space. There was no thoughts. There was nothing coming to me about how to do those tasks. And that was really scary because that made me feel even worse at work. And I didn't want someone to find out and feel like I was a fraud and all of a sudden couldn't do things that used to be easy. So I didn't know if I would get my, my brain power back and I've completely overcome everything. So I just want you to realize how much your, the stress in your life, how it really is impacting your mental and physical health. Mm -hmm. And what I got out of this was, wow, this is how profoundly my life was affected from a perceived financial situation. I wasn't actually living paycheck to paycheck. I was able to pay every single bill. I was able to do things that I wanted to do. And this is how much I was affected. So what about all the people out there who don't know how to manage their money well, who don't feel confident with it, who don't have the, the skills that they need and the habits. And that made me realize I was put here to help people with their finances. I went through all of those struggles so I could speak to people from a very different perspective. Yes, we work on your numbers, but I'm not I don't strictly talk about debt and numbers. I talk about how your everyday quality of life is going to change when you improve your finances, not just thinking about your big goals that you have or trips you want to go on and different things like that, but really on like how you are going to show up differently as a person, how your energy is going to be so much more vibrant, how you're going to feel so much more complete in your health. And so really talking to people about their finances from their mental health standpoint. And I just realized there's financial advisors out there to help people who already feel like they have disposable income to invest. But for about 95% of the population, they don't feel like they can do that. So who was going to help those people? So I just realized I was given all these struggles as an absolute gift to be able to help people. Yeah. So at the beginning of our show, you said you're kind of like a personal trainer for your bank account, right? Yes. Or your finances. And I'm thinking it sounds like you're like a holistic nutritionist for the bank account or someone's finances because you take this incredible holistic approach to managing money or managing finances that I truly have never seen anyone else take before. So that's why I was like, I need you on this show because you have such a story and such a background leading up to this. And that's really how you and I first connected. You were going to CSNN and really dealing with a lot of health issues when you and I first met. So would you mind maybe sharing more about, I know you shared a little bit about the fact that you were dealing with anxiety or dealing with some binge eating, but could you take us back to those moments? Because it's easy for us to just say like, oh yeah, I was dealing with some anxiety or binge eating. And a lot of our listeners deal with that 
every day. And I know they would appreciate if you shared some more details with us about what your life was like back then and kind of start connecting the dots for us on how it was relating to your mindset in regards to money. Absolutely. And, and I love this question because I know when I listen to podcasts and I hear people who've been through such a huge transformation, I want to know how they actually got through those really dark days. So I'll just explain to you what my days kind of looked like and what I was really experiencing. So a lot of the mornings started off really great for me. My mornings were usually pretty good. And then my afternoons would typically be okay. And then all of a sudden my day would be going great. And just a thought would pop into my head something about money. And then I would literally go down this rabbit hole of the worst possible situation, like everything terrible going wrong until I was literally so scared. I knew I have low blood pressure. My blood pressure would spike my adrenaline. The way that I describe it is it felt like I was, it felt like there was someone else inside of my body. And it felt like I was trying to get out of my body because it was so out of control And I didn't feel like I was me. I felt like there was someone else inside of me, always scaring me, making me, I was very, very jumpy at work, especially in the kitchen. Apparently it was an area, everything would be fine. And someone would come up behind me and I would literally jump a foot off the floor because I was at such a state of fight or flight. I was constantly always scared. And it just took that one single thought. And you know what? It didn't really even take a big situation happening before. It wasn't me even looking at my finances, which were, if looking at them, I should have felt amazing. It just took one tiny little thought. Everything would go terrible. And then what would, what ended up happening for me was the anxiety got so high and our bodies try to develop coping mechanisms because it can't understand, as you know, the difference between a actual physical pain versus a mental pain. So my body perceived it the exact same and the coping mechanism I developed was binge eating. So for me, my body wanted that, that dopamine, that feel good hormone to calm me down, to tell me everything was okay. So I would turn to food. But what happened after that was I had so much shame and guilt. So that was the feelings of those weighed me down so much because I knew better. I wasn't a, I was a person who was already, it was before I went to school, but I was a person who was very educated in nutrition. I felt like I shouldn't need anyone to help me through this because I already know all of this. And that made it even more difficult to open up about it because I thought I'm, I'm a very smart person. Why can't I figure this out on my own? And how I started to work through this was I did work with a coach. We started working together on my feelings of anxiety and it took me time to definitely open up to her. It didn't just happen overnight. And she kept telling me to journal. I kept not journaling. I was never a journaler growing up. And then one day she said, are you still feeling super anxious? And I said, yes. And she said, but you haven't given journaling a try. So that day I sat down, I wrote six pages and it wasn't even about, it was just about getting the thoughts out because I hadn't opened up about how I truly felt all these things that were inside of me. I was so scared to write them down. And when I wrote them down, I just stared and it felt like I lost 30 pounds when I got those thoughts out. And I, and I finally was really honest with my coach that one day, because up until this point, when I was working with other people, nobody ever asked me like, why are you so stressed? We were trying to really pinpoint that external thing that was just happening to me, you know, that I didn't have anything to do with, you know, in my head, that's what I thought. And finally I realized, I actually know why I'm feeling anxious. 
I know why this happens. And it's because I start to worry about money. So I opened up to her Mm -hmm. and we didn't solve anything in that session, but it was the opening up and me finally talking about something that had been bothering me for seven years. And it was just like, wow, I felt this sense of hope. I just felt like everything, my life could be different. I felt like I didn't have to experience the anxiety and the panic attacks anymore. I didn't know how, but I at least had hope and I did not have hope up until then. I started journaling and started getting that out. And that's really, you know, when I was making the connections about the specific types of thoughts that were coming up for me and really seeing those connections and then going through the actually overcoming of the anxiety was a big thing was I had to figure out what kind of tools could I put in place. So when I'm going through that anxiety, I can actually sit in that for a little bit of time in that uncomfortableness instead of having um, turning for that fix and that thing that would make me feel better right away, which was the binge eating. And mm -hmm. so for me, essential oils was huge in my journey because it helped me to just calm my body enough that I could actually breathe instead of feeling like I needed to run and eat food as quickly as possible and to try and just bring me down. Going for walks was really, really super powerful and, and not listening to anything, not listening to music, just taking in the nature, looking at the trees. And it made me realize how when I was walking before, I wasn't doing any of that. I was literally like, I'm a very A-type driven personality. So it's like, get as many things done, check all these things off your list. But all of a sudden I just needed to just be in nature. And it was just doing things that were really, really small that seem insignificant, but that is what got me through, you know, having a bubble bath and really just trying to calm my body because I was on so high alert for so many years. I needed to do as many things to really calm me. And then also exercising, but in a way that was calming versus trying to achieve this body of my dreams and focusing. Mm -hmm. So exercising for a completely different reason, exercising to move my body and to be grateful for it instead of trying to achieve something. So for me, it was figuring out these tools in my toolkit. And when I work with my clients, I ask them what things make you feel really good, but you don't do very often or what things are really, really small. And it doesn't have to be going to the spa and getting pampered. It's things that are really little that you can include every single day. And I have them write it down on a cue card because when you are in that fight or flight, the last thing in the world you're doing is really trying to figure out what's the best thing to do to calm this and to get through this. No, you're just trying to end the pain. So I always say to have it on a cue card, um, maybe in your, in your wallet, depending, you'll know the places that you typically have the, you know, you want to call them maybe episodes. I knew that they were certain places at work at certain times, um, in my vehicle after different things that have went on. I knew the evenings were really bad for me. So I needed to start preparing myself for when that happened. Can I look at that piece of paper and see right away? What can I do? Because my brain wasn't set up yet to look for the good and how to change it. So I needed a visual reminder of what I could do. And that was really how I started to work through that. Wow. Yeah, that is, there's so much information in what you just shared with us and I can't thank you enough, but how smart and what a great tool to do when you aren't anxious is to create this toolbox for yourself so when you are in that state of being fight or flight and just can't focus on anything um yeah already have it like already prepared for you so that's amazing and I can totally see how 
this all relates to the binge eating that you also experienced because as you said, like to have those little cue cards in places where you know you're triggered or where you know you'll be kind of um, in one of those episodes, I think so many of us reach for food in those situations because food's right there, right? So it's easy. And so having these tools or this toolbox kind of set up where you have your maybe panic attacks or your anxiety attacks. And I know a lot of our listeners also are super interested in essential oils. So you mentioned those being part of your journey. Were there any that really helped you in terms of anxiety? Wild orange is definitely my favorite. And that was like a huge go-to for me because it really just, just smelling it, it helped me because I needed to change my state. And in order to change my state, when I smell that, I, I don't feel anxious. And so that was really powerful. Uh, bergamot is another one that I absolutely love and balance. Those are my top three that really personally helped me. And I'm a huge advocate of sharing those ones with people and saying, these really, really help me figure out what works for you. For some, t- for some people, lavender is amazing. And that's what will help them to really just calm down. And I do want to say one other thing. So I was really good at the money management side. And it was really just the, the mindset that I really had to dial in. But when I'm working with people, one of the really big things I see is a lot of times when they're experiencing the anxiety, a huge portion of that is because they don't know what it is tangibly that they need to do. So I just want the the person listening here to know too, it's definitely both. You actually have to be taking the actions to physically, like to really change your financial situation and to work on your money mindset. So it's absolutely both of those pieces. And sometimes depending on where you're at in your journey and your awareness, what I have found sometimes is people aren't ready to dive into the mindset right off the bat. I would, I would love if they would, but it's almost like they need to see how their situation can actually improve and to see differences in it and to feel that um, sense that they can breathe again before almost they'll dive into that mindset. So that's where now I've changed my coaching and I start with like the tangibles. How can we actually improve your financial situation right away? Because I literally just see like that weight taken off and that people are more ready to receive what I have to say about the mindset and to actually do the work and to dive in because you can listen to as much stuff as you want and you can have as much great information, but if you don't implement anything, then you really aren't going to have the transformation you want. So one thing just to remember is when you're feeling anxious, sometimes it's really hard to, to take that action, but that's why you need to figure out ways to calm yourself and then to think, what can I do? Because when you take action, that makes a really big difference on reducing your feelings of anxiety because you're tangibly improving your situation. And then in turn, your confidence starts to increase as well. Right, right. Yeah, so much confidence can come from actually knowing how to manage your money. And that's something that I want to dive into now is do you have maybe some, you know, specific or top tips for women who, and I say women because I believe only women listen to this podcast anyways, but, you know, what are some ways that us women can really start becoming confident with our money and start managing it so it feeds in and fuels that confidence? 
Absolutely. So the first tip I'm going to share, I get asked all the time about how to save money on groceries and how to reduce money in that area. So that's why I'm going to address it first. And there are lots of different tips and tricks. I've wrote blog posts on it, but the number one way to uh, save money on groceries, like right away to make a big difference is actually to use cash instead of using your debit card. Because when you tangibly see the money going down in your wallet, all of a sudden, it's not like you have to be as disciplined and have the willpower to not put those five or seven extra things in your cart. All of a sudden you're like, no, I, I see that my money's going down for this pay period. So I am not going to go ahead and buy those things. And then also in turn, most of the time, those extras that end up in our cart are the things that aren't actually propelling our health forward. They're not things that make us feel energized. So it's truly a win-win for your bank account and for your health. So what I suggest to do there is to, if you get paid, let's say twice a month, each time you get paid to take out cash that will last for the next two weeks. When I work with clients, we work on budgeting by your pay periods versus just monthly because it works so much better that way. And people are able to save a lot more money when they're looking at their money from a two week period versus a monthly period. So go ahead and it takes some time to get used to absolutely. But when we swipe cards, we tend to spend about 12 to 24% more. So that right there can tighten up your budget a ton. And I'm not joking when I say you can have an extra, you know, 100 to $500 a month alone, just in tightening up your groceries. I've, I've seen even more than that. So don't take that one lightly. It's huge. Another thing, and this sounds simple, but organize your expenses when they come out of your account from the first to the 31st of the month. So you can see maybe during one of your pay periods, you have a lot more expenses coming out. So during that time, maybe that's not the time for you to be spending as much money on other things. Maybe the second half of the month is a better time, but you seeing that on paper makes a really big difference. And what I actually recommend people to do is to change the date that their bills automatically come out of their account. That's something that you can do. So let's say you get paid to make this easy, the fifth, sorry, the first and the 15th of the month. I recommend to change your bill dates to either like the second or third and then to the 16th or 17th. So it gives you a couple days for your income to make sure it's in and getting that money out right away for your bills. Now you don't have to try and do keep everything in your head of like, okay, so I have, especially as it gets near the end of your pay period and you still have bills to come out, you really don't know how much to, that you have actually left over to spend. So what I work on with clients is getting the money out of their accounts right away makes a huge difference. And then you actually know how much do I have left over for spending? How much do I have left over that I can either put towards savings? I can use to pay off more debt. And that's how you really start to really significantly improve your financial situation. So those are a couple of tips. Another one is to make sure if you have any bills that you're paying manually, switch them. So they are automatic and it is one less thing for you to do. Another thing I want you to do that's makes it so it's easier for you to sit down and do your finances if that's something that you're struggling with or opening up your accounts and seeing that number. I don't want you to just to sit down and to work on your finances. I want you to have a money date every single time you do this. I highly recommend it. And what I mean by that is I want you to literally like hack your surroundings. So sitting down to do your finances is now something really enjoyable instead of something that drains you and makes you feel terrible. So uh, a huge thing is definitely like diffusing oils. I have my diffuser here and I always tell my clients to do that. Drinking something that tastes really good that you like. And I, I recommend doing something warm because it's a nourishing feeling. And a lot of times you don't feel nourished when you're looking at your finances or paying your bills. 
uh, have something light for music on in the background that doesn't have words because I don't want you to, I want you to be really focused, but put something on that's really, really calming, like meditative music. Make sure that you are in a space that isn't cluttered because clutter makes us feel anxious. So before you sit down to do any of it, just tidy up your space a little bit, have it quiet. Maybe if you have family around or something, pick an area where people aren't or ask them not to bother you for a certain period of time. Put your phone on, do not disturb. Make this a really sacred um, space and feeling. So every single time you sit down, now you actually want to do it because it feels so good to do it. And the more often that you're in checking on your finances, managing them well, what you track increases. So the better you feel about it, the more often you're going to sit down and do it. That is so true. So I personally have these money dates, as you call them. How often should a person be having like a date with themselves, sitting down, pouring themselves like a nice warm beverage and having these money dates? How often do you think it's like the most beneficial? So I would say the least amount to do it would be one week, but when you're, or sorry, once a week, but when you're very first starting, there's probably, you don't have everything really dialed in yet. So I would say to try and do it a few times a week, just in the beginning, when you're really getting things dialed in, maybe when you're changing the dates of things, when you're going through and you're assessing, like how much is coming out on this paycheck and how, how much expenses are coming out on this paycheck and sitting down and figuring out your goals. I would say to do that a few times a week. And the other thing is this doesn't have to be like a three hour process. This doesn't have to be something that is super, super long. It's more important to be consistent than to spend a whole bunch of hours, not very often doing it. And the more often that you're in there, the more things that you're going to pick up on that you're going to notice. So the more often that you can do this, absolutely the better. Okay. Awesome to know. I wasn't sure what you would say for that answer, but I try to plan these money dates every Friday. And I can definitely say that, you know, if I'm out traveling and doing something and I miss a week and then I come home, it's just like so I don't know kind of daunting like it's not a fun feeling being like okay I have all these weeks to go over now so it definitely feels so much better when you're consistent with it and it it does feel um like it does feel as though it builds your confidence when you do it more often for sure Absolutely. And especially when it's something that isn't really enjoyable at first, just the fact that it's easier to sit down, that you feel calmer. I want you to know that is a win in itself. So even if things haven't improved as much as you want yet, give yourself credit for the littlest things, like give yourself credit for showing up more often and for really looking through everything and for sitting down and figuring out like, how can I improve this for doing work on your finances? So don't just see it only as like, how much money have I saved? How much have I paid off? Different things like that but the actual habits, because it's all comes down to the habits and consistency. And that's why I love making sure people are doing it at least on a weekly basis, because then you don't have as much to catch up on from the week before. So you don't have to spend as much time. I also recommend for you to, when you're sitting down to do this, to pick a time of day when you don't, especially when you're very first starting, when you aren't really exhausted and tapped out. Like if you have a super busy day and you are just feeling like you don't really want to talk to anyone and you're kind of feeling like you need some self-care, 
maybe this is not the time to sit down and do your money date because I want you to make sure when you're very first starting, you want to have as much brain power as possible. So maybe earlier in the day would be better for you. So maybe waking up a little bit earlier, maybe doing it on a day when you're not as busy. So really just being conscious about when it is you're doing it too, because if you're doing it when you're feeling really flustered, it isn't going to feel good to do it. Mm-hmm. That's such a great tip. So I've been doing these money dates and obviously you have been doing them for a long time and coaching others to do them. But if our listeners aren't really sure still what a money date would actually look like above, you know, what are they actually doing besides drinking like a nice warm tea and having like a clean, organized environment? What would you suggest that they do when they're looking at their bank accounts or their credit cards? This is a great question. I love this. So what I want you to do is go through and analyze the expenses that are coming out. A lot of times when I'm working with my my clients, we find things that I call money leaks that they didn't even realize were coming off their credit card that were automatically coming out of their checking account. Things that a lot of times actually people have canceled like multiple times or things that they've been charged double times. Um, fraudulent charges on credit cards. So seeing like, and really, and I'm not just talking about the big things. I am talking about the little things. When I had some fraudulent charges a few years ago, put on my credit card, I feel like 90% of the population would not have found it because it was for $25 charges happening. Um, So that's a smaller amount. And it was from a bookstore and I do buy books. So you might just think that it was you, but I know I only buy books from one place and I have never bought books through this place. So that's how I knew this was not me who did this. And I also just went back and I looked and no, I did not make this purchase. So that's one thing is looking for where is your money actually going? And then also going through and seeing what day does the money actually come out of your account? Because a lot of times when we set things up, we think it comes out a certain day and it actually might be three days later. And it's really, really important to know that. So going through and writing down when all those transactions are coming out, according to your pay periods, that is another thing you want to do. And then also start seeing like, where is your spending going? Start adding things up, start building that awareness. Cause that's a really big thing that I work with a lot of people who make really good money. They don't struggle to bring in income, but they're struggling still financially because they have no idea where it's going. So it's really building that awareness of like, how much actually are you spending on groceries and eating out? Do we need to, and when you see those numbers, then analyzing and going, okay, how can I improve this? So do I need to do some more meal prep at home? Do I need to do a better job of meal planning? That is something I talk to people a lot about because they think it's just the prepping it, but planning the meals that you're going to have, you need to do that step first before actually prepping it to save that money. So that's another thing. And just seeing, okay, how can I actually start to create a budget then? One more tip of why people really struggle with budgets because they're, they seem to be so different from month to month is no, most people aren't taking into account what are called non-recurring and random expenses. So what I mean by that is we're really good with our fixed expenses. Those are expenses that come out every single month, probably the same day and probably the same amount. Cell phone, maybe a vehicle payment, rent, things like that. But your non-recurring and random expenses, those are payments you don't make on a monthly basis. They might be quarterly. You might make them twice a year. You might make them once a year. So Technically, these are the expenses that a lot of people will refer to as the whammies or the surprise expenses. And a lot of people say, oh, this expense, it popped up and it threw me like back in credit card debt or put me in a bad situation. But the thing is, we know that we have these expenses. 
if you're a homeowner, you know that, let's say your home insurance once a year, well, you know, when that comes up, that's about $1,500 or how much ever it is that you are going to have to come up with that at that time. So this is something that's really difficult for people to understand. And this is a big thing that I work with my clients on is we go through all of the expenses they're going to have coming up for the next 12 months that aren't monthly. And we figure out what is the yearly total for that. Then what we do is we start saving on a monthly basis for those expenses. So when they come, they already have that money. And what it does is it makes your budget instead of having really, really big swings from month to month, it really makes your budget consistent. It makes a really big difference. And then what I have them do is we're not taking this money and putting it in one savings account. We're actually opening up a separate savings account for each of these expenses. So then you can see how much you have saved towards them. Because when we only have one savings account, but we're usually saving for like four different things or, or more, it's really hard to see how close are we to each of those goals. So that is how we have them set up getting that money out of their account. And we do that on a monthly basis. They transfer that money in there. The other thing, I see a lot of people who accidentally overspend. And what I mean by that is they didn't go on a shopping spree. They didn't purchase a bunch of stuff on Amazon, but they paid their bills for the month. And then they seen what was left over and they thought that was spending money. It's an honest mistake, but they don't realize that money that's in there. Some of that this month is actually going to have to be saved right now for an expense that's coming up in three months from now. So by what I had explained earlier about having your bills come out right after you've been paid and then taking out cash for your groceries and for your eating out for that next two week period, you now have those covered. You've taken those out right after you've got paid and then transferring money into these quote unquote savings buckets. Now the money that's actually left in your account, you can use that to spend you can use that to put it towards paying off extra on debt, but now you're covered. And the reason that this is so important, putting this money every single month into these accounts is because let's say you have a, a credit card and you want to pay down on that or on student loans, you want to pay more towards it. What happens is when you're not saving for these non-recurring and random expenses on a monthly basis, when this expense comes up, you are going to fall behind on debt payment, or you're going to only make the minimum that month. But some of that money to pay for that bill that came up is probably going to go on one of your debts because you're like, I don't know how to do this. So it actually, it makes it so your, your debt payment otherwise would be all over the place. But this makes it so it seems like it's a little bit slower at first when you're getting everything set up. But in the, in the long run, this is sustainable debt payoff. And that's how you're actually able to get your credit cards to zero and to stay out of credit card debt going forward. Because now that you've built up transferring the money on a monthly basis, you aren't going to get yourself back into a position where you're throwing stuff on your credit card because you need to pay your bills. That is amazing. And so much to take away from, right? If someone is really wanting to address their money situation and also start budgeting, I absolutely love your tip about taking out cash for groceries. I know when you first said that, I was like nodding my head big time because when I go to the States, I obviously like will take cash out with me and I am so... I don't know, conscious, I guess. Um, I'm very, very conscious of what I spend when I'm traveling, but only because I actually have, like, I can see the money and I only really spend what I actually need rather than just like constantly um, 
swiping my card all the time. That's a huge one. Absolutely. And I love how you took that awareness and you went, okay, so if this works when I'm traveling, this would work so well in my daily life. Yes. And I noticed that and I, it's, Definitely, I'll admit, not something that I'm really um, consistent with in my daily life here back home. But I notice that whenever I do have cash on me, I am much better at like managing how much money I spend for groceries and whatnot, too. The cash is a huge one. So just hearing you say that out loud, I'm like, hmm, I am always going to have cash in my wallet now for groceries rather than because I have this thing. I love grocery shopping and I know you do, too, but it's just so easy um, and it sounds pretty lame, but I live in a really small city and... I go grocery shopping for fun. Like, it's like something that I just do for fun. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see how um, even if someone wants to just make one change with their finances, look at your groceries. Look at that grocery spending. Absolutely. And I want you to, the person listening, I don't want you to take that one lightly because one of my clients just changing that and showing them how much they were actually spending a month on groceries, we were able to save them $500 a month. And this, this couple, this took them from struggling so much. This made a significant difference in their life, let alone everything else we did that we taught, know that we went through and worked on for budgeting this one thing alone. So I know some of these things sound simple and that's why a lot of people don't really do them or they overlook them, but it is the simple things be consistent that make the huge difference going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So Mandy, I could keep chatting with you and chatting with you forever, but I just want to spend the last few minutes of the show kind of talking about some strategies for people. So for the past few minutes, we've been talking about actual like actions to take in order to become more um, efficient with your money and be more on top of things. So those important actions. But for someone who is ready to dive into the mindset um, with their money, what can they do to start um, with that? I know you mentioned journaling, but I'm sure you have more tricks and tips up your sleeve too. Absolutely. So affirmations is another amazing one. And I know everyone has heard about affirmations before, but the thing is you have to, you actually have to put the work in to do it. And I know that sometimes it can kind of seem tedious and you might forget about it. So there's a free app called Think Up. And you can record yourself saying four affirmations. And I have hardly any notifications that go off on my phone, but I have this one go off. Personally, it goes off in the afternoon for me because that's my slower time. And it reminds me, so I press play on it and I actually hear myself saying my four affirmations and then it puts it to a little bit of music. And it is, it is amazing listening to affirmations, but you hearing yourself tell you them is totally different. I truly believe it's a lot easier for it to get into your subconscious mind because it is your own voice. And what I say is when you're picking what affirmations to use, pick ones that are really specific to you. So if one is about money, but it doesn't resonate with you, it's not going to make the difference. So you need to pick ones that really mean something to you. You feel something. And what I recommend to do is the fear that you have, make it the opposite of that because it's really working on your true fears. So whatever it is, I know a lot of women, they use the words, I'm not great with money. I've just never been great with money. 
So for someone who thinks that and says that, and we need to change that language, then I have them record themselves saying, I am a great money manager. If they don't yet believe that and they still need to work up to that, then they can say, I am working on becoming great at managing my money Mm. or, and so that really makes a difference. So whatever it is, like if you're worried about not being able to pay your bills and not having enough, say, I have more than enough at all times. So whatever it is that you're scared of, literally switch it to the opposite because then that is when your affirmations are so powerful because it's really, really specific to you. And then habit set so it goes off, like it you get the notification every single day. So then you're actually doing it because I know when they're written down, it's harder to do them. I have so many people that have used this app and absolutely love it. So that's another one that I suggest. Another one is just being careful with the words that you use and sitting down and journaling out what is your money story? Like, what is it that you've been telling yourself that led you up to this point? So for me, I would have journaled out all of the thoughts that I had. And then I, after I looked at it and I went, okay, is this actually my situation? And then I would ask myself, are these my thoughts or beliefs around money? No, a lot of these things were things that my dad said growing up that he didn't realize how much they had an effect on, on me. And I, so what I did was I forgave, I forgave him. My parents did the best that they could at that time. And that forgiveness and that release and saying, you know what, those were the beliefs that you had around money, but that is not what I believe to be true around money. And that is really, really powerful because the anxiety starts from a thought. So it's really, truly the thoughts that we need to change because when we start to have less and less automatic negative thoughts, that's when the anxiety starts to reduce. Another thing is when you're working at your computer during the day, you can listen to affirmations for like eight hours that are talking about money mindset. That is like, literally that's eight hours that you can just have it playing quietly. Um, or when you're sleeping, you can do meditate, like you can do a meditation before bed. All of those things start to really calm you and they start to change how you physically feel like at an actual cellular level. Uh, hypnosis was huge for me in my journey. Uh, I actually, it's funny. I started with hypnosis before meditation, which I feel like is, is going like even more extreme before, but whatever works for you, those things really start to help change. Like your, cause your, your body is having a reaction. It's not just your mind. Like you feel your whole body changing when you go into that anxiety. So calming your whole body, journaling it out, doing the affirmations, meditations, hypnosis, those are all incredibly powerful. Just try and do them really consistently. And I just want to give one last tip to really see how, a lot of people struggle with implementation. So what I say to do is I have a spreadsheet set up for my habits. So you could literally set up just a really simple spreadsheet, the habits that you want to do, and then you can create it for every single month and check off every time you do it. So you can see like, how, how often am I actually doing this? Am I doing this um, most of the month or am I actually only doing it six times a month? And maybe that's why I'm struggling, but you going in every day to, ch- to check it off makes a really big difference in reminding you. I know for my personal habits, when I change that, it literally, I I was doing things more than 50% of the time because I was so much more aware. So combining the things that you know that you're now wanting to do with basically holding yourself accountable by having that spreadsheet, that's really where the magic ties in and everything starts to starts to come together a lot quicker for feeling abundant and just feeling calmer around money. Mm-hmm. I love that spreadsheet idea. And there's something so satisfying about like checking something off too. I'm such a 
checker offer when the new year started we were traveling so I didn't do my annual um like book shopping trip where I always get a new agenda and we were halfway through January by the time I like got home and kind of got situated and I was in my routine and I was just like there's something not right and I didn't have an agenda to actually write things down and cross things off and you're just like so much more productive so I can see how that applies to your money situation as well, for sure. Absolutely. And if you have like a passion planner or anything that's written down and you just create just a little checklist in there, I know that's huge for some of my clients. They feel that huge satisfaction from the physically pen to paper. Mm -hmm. And it's that sense of confidence and they feel so good about doing it that that's why they keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. Oh girl, I could chat with you forever, but I know people are going to be leaving this episode feeling so much more empowered and hopefully they are opening up their agendas and writing down when their next money date is. I know I try to make mine for every Friday. So I love that you said once a week. I love that. So anyways, Mandy, one more question for you. What does it mean to you to be unbreakable? To me, it's really, it's not something external, which I was always a person who was looking out at things externally for me because I was a very left-sided person, a very science person, and I've made a pretty big transformation. And for me, it just means me really being confident in myself, in my abilities, and everything that I want to do and knowing that I, I can achieve it. And no matter what comes up, that the struggles that I come across, the things that I hold myself back, the, the mental blocks that I come across, that I absolutely can overcome those. And I can really step into the version of me that I know that I can be. And most of the time, I see a lot of times we think that something else is holding ourselves back, but it's really us. And so being unbreakable is really just moving through the things that are holding us back so we can really show up how we want to in our lives. Oh, I love that so much. And thank you for opening up and sharing everything that you shared with us today. I really appreciate it. Where can everyone find you? Because I know people are going to want to read those blog posts. You guys, she has some incredible blog posts written on her site. So tell us where we can find you, hun. Well, thank you. So on Instagram, if you want to join me there, I do a lot of tips on Instagram. That is the place that I'm most active and it's at Mandy Thomas and Mandy does have two Y's in it. You can also check me out on my website, mandythomas.com. And then I also have a Facebook group called Confident Everyday Money. Amazing. I will link those all up in our show notes. So thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. 